Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by uh, Tony Dudzik, Pick Guardian, Jared Brandon, Brandon Wound, Pickups. Uh, Tony Dudzik, where did the, uh, I'm trying to remember what the uh is from. Uh, it's from a movie thing. He says, ah, uh, Drunk Uncle? What? <laughs> <laughs> Hey everybody! This is the Guitar Knobs. <laughs> Welcome. This is Todd. Who are you? I'm Todd from the Guitar Knobs. I was thrown off, but by the Ah Tony does it. I can't. Now it's, it's going to plague it's a, my mind. It's a Monty Python. It, no, it's a, it's a movie. I can't think of it. Ah, uh, everybody out there is going yelling at the car steering wheel. It's this movie, dummy. <sighs> I'll remember it at like three in the morning and sit up straight in my bed and go Dudzik. Anyways, hey. That's- that's Back to the for. show here, everybody. Uh, welcome to the Guitar Knobs. We're thrilled to death that you are here. We are excited about this show. I will tell you why. why? Uh, well, because it has to do with something that the show is about. Tony, what's the show about? This show is about boutique builders of amps, guitars, and pedals, and pedal boards, and pickups, and all the things, all the things, yes. accessories, and such. And we like to talk to the builders of this boutique gear and find out about their whole story. Let's get the whole story. Yeah. Nothing but the story. That's right. Uh, we've got someone very special on the line who fits that bill, and you are, sir, uh, Alex from Science Amplification. Did you do that ah uh, thing just because Tony did it? <laughs> uh, no, I was just fine. <laughs> there we go. Uh, see? Okay. <laughs> I mean, I do this all the time. Yeah, That's right. The us uh show today is yeah. <laughs> brought uh, to you by Alex Gaziano from Science Amplification. Welcome, Here. welcome, welcome. We have had quite a few requests for you, sir. Yep. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. It shouldn't be. You've got an awesome product. And we're going to dig uh, into all of that we're going to dig very deep. soon. Yes, we're going to find cool. out all about the science. If you're following the Bouncy Ball, wherever you are, uh, you can head over to... Where can they find you on Instagram, Alex? Uh, science Amps. Perfect. And just out of curiosity, do you prefer Science Amps or Science Amplification? Mm, no preference. No preference. All science right. Amplification, maybe it sounds... Uh, fancier yeah that's a that's a 25 cent word yeah amps is kind of clunky sounding but it works good for an instagram handle yeah true true all right (laughs) uh everybody keep that in mind as you're thinking about uh these amps and looking at all these amps and all the things that are associated with these amps and where can they go on the web to check out your website uh scienceamps.com perfect all right so it sounds like you like to be referred to as science amps. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. I guess guilty is charged. Yes. All right. Uh, we want to say a couple of big fat thank yous. Uh, number one, to Rode Mics for providing the Rodecaster Pro, mm. our lovely yummy. Um, mother device here. It's fantastic, and we love it, and we're so grateful to them for providing that to us. If you are thinking about starting a podcast, or if you're already running a podcast and and want to make it way easier and more awesomer on yourself, check this out. I don't believe awesomer is... Uh, it is. is, it's, is in the, it's in the Urban Dictionary, for awesome-er. sure. Awesomer. We'll take it. Yep, I bet it is. And this is also great for recording, just home recording of your, yeah, of your uh, you know, music and stuff, which... If you're listening to the show, chances are you're playing that. So right. I'm just saying. We also need to be a, say a big fat thanks for the Procaster mics. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good microphones. Yes, sir, they are. Good cracker. Yes, Good sir. Cracker. Yeah. Uh, and the articulating armatures that are holding these mics to our 
I like table. The, I like now. I like the big puffy windscreens. And the big puffy windscreens are really they're nice because they also you know keep your beard cheese off of it too. And no popping. <clears throat> no pop. pop, pop, pop popping. Look, we can pop all day long and you don't even hear it. All right. And we want to thank music producer and recording engineer John Fintel for the support of our show. He's been a guest on our show and uh, is a guitarist himself, so he knows how to get the tones you need. John produced my upcoming album right here at Relay Recording, and I am absolutely blown away by the results. He helped us through the whole process from pre-production to recording and engineering to mixing and finally to mastering. And unlike others I have worked with, John was really attentive and provided lots of thoughtful input from over 20 years experience. He will also provide his services off-site or remote. John will help you find the best way to tackle your recording project and bring your music to life. Check him out at johnfintel.com. That's J-O-N. F-I-N-T-E-L.com and RelayRecording.com. Uh, I also have a super fun, we like doing these, and these are the the guest uh, four on the floors. This is one from one of our grand poobahs. Woohoo! Yes, sir. Cody Lane uh, gave us his uh, four on the floor, and it, it is as follows. He, he plays some heavier stuff, so there's a lot of big words and um, like big agitated words in here. Dusky Electronics, the Octomotron Fuzz. See mm. what I mean? Yeah. Chris based this on a 60s octave up fuzz. The Octomotron brings modern improvements like a high impedance input buffer, allowing it to play nicely with other pedals like the Dusky Hypatia Fuzz Distortion. All right. <laughs> that's a mouthful. I said it. For, that's the first time. I didn't even edit that. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, next is the Frost Giant Electronics Saint of Sufferance. Roar. Fuzz. <laughs> there is no ordinary fuzz by Excuse Eric you. Calvert. This one can bathe listeners in a total sonic wall of terror. <laughs> Think of it as a hybrid of the Frost Giant flagship fuzz Massif and the Tone Bender MK2 pushed to devastating fuzz limits. And for those who want to pull in a vintage sputter, there's a bias knob too. Mm. How about that? We also have the Empress Effects Compressor MK2. The Empress, uh, well, now I'm, I just threw in a V for no reason. <laughs> Empress listened to the fans and transformed their original large profile pedal into one pedal footprint, top jack enclosure, and added tone control, high pass filter, and gain reduction input level LED meters. That sounds like a manual. Uh, this is the only compressor you'll ever need, and maybe even your only boost, too. And you get a free set of Ginsu knives with it. Just kidding, you don't. <laughs> I get all the control I need for my levels and tone. And finally, the GFI Systems Specular Reverb V3. This little box packs seven mind-melting beautiful algorithms of which you can tweak to save into eight presets. I was in love the moment I hit the bypass switch. And I now understand why the Big Brother Specular Tempus Reverb and Delay can go head-to-head -head with the Empress Reverb. Everyone needs to keep an eye out for whatever Harry Woodja does next. I'm pretty sure I messed that part up. It was an honor to meet him one-on-one. -on -one. I'm assuming it now. Uh, Cody, thank you so much for supplying that and for being such an a, uh, a, a an enthusiast is such an enthusiastic supporter of our show. We really, really appreciate you. So, if you're interested in any of those, 
and and you, you need to know more, heck, hit up Cody. I don't think he'd mind, but maybe he wouldn't. If he does, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> now, does uh, he realize that he has the perfect name for a Beatles I'm, cover band? I'm pretty sure that's... You think, you think so? I'm pretty sure he's heard that before. Well, just in so case he hasn't. It, so don't do it. Do it. Tony, do it. We, don't, we can't afford that. What? You can't even hum a bar off that. We'll get... We can't do it. <gasps> Anyways, all right. So that was pretty fun, right? I have a lot of money. I can I afford it. I'm going right. to hum it. We need to we need to start hearing from our pal on the phone, Alex. Um, and we're going to talk right now about this week. What happened in our music world this week? We're going to start off with Tony leading the dance and then head on over to Alex. I didn't realize it was a dance. Otherwise, I would have brought my dancing Shut shoes. Shut it. So this week, uh, my good friend Jared over here, um, a couple of episodes ago, we talked about a uh, Kent uh, hollow body Japanese-made guitar that I picked up at a at a show uh, that the bridge pickup was blown, and uh, Jared, with his maniacal meth- methodology, managed to jam a mini humbucker underneath the cover of this pickup. Oh my! Yep. So it sounds great, and it's quiet. Yep. Um, and when you compare it to the, the neck pickup, which was is still a single coil, um, I mean, it, 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 I mean, it's maybe a, probably part of it's because of the position it's, it's brighter. Um, but it is, um, I mean, it's just so much better sounding when it's quiet because the, the neck pickup is kind of, Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, they're, you know, the, a lot of those guitars of that era were, you know, they were just made for the mass market. I think this is like a 65, and I think they were made by Gaia Tone. Those are really, really, really crude pickups, man. Really crude. Well, that's a... <clears throat> when we... Um, excuse me. Yeah, that's when okay. We, I'll edit that out. <laughs> when With we, Jared's, uh, that's going to happen for sure. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> when we... Uh, I mean, basically, these mount, and you pull the cover off, it's like spring-loaded, kind of, and there's just a coil sitting wrapped around a magnet and tape or some sort of. Paper. Oh yeah, it was. It was yeah. It was, it yeah. was very crude, but it's um, very crude. But this is this is much better now. So good. Um, and I also thank Jared for putting a uh, a black and a white lead on the thing. All right. <laughs> because uh, I did uh, had a had a, a of course you know it's always a 50-50 chance. Although when I'm doing pick, guitar wiring, it's never right. It's a hundred percent chance that right. I will get it wrong. Right. So by you know you have to flip the the two leads around, but uh, but it worked out great. So thanks, Jared. You're awesome. welcome. Well done, uh, Alex. What's going on in your music world this week? Hey, uh, yeah, I've been real busy this week. Um, I did. I got to do something I haven't done in a in a couple years, which is track uh, guitars uh, with my band for recording. Nice. So that was really fun. What's your band called? Uh, uh, Dream Decay. Dream Decay. Can people Dream listen Decay. to it on the interwebs and stuff? Yeah, you could listen to it on Spotify or in any of those band camps awesome. and stuff. Cool. Yeah. Ding. So we have a new album, so I got to actually be a guitar player, not just an amp tester. Sweet. Uh, which is nice. <laughs> what kind of get, well, we're going to get into that later, Tony. Oh, I want to ask, ask him now. No, don't ask him now. I want to ask him no, now. We're going to blow our... Uh, yeah. Todd, Sorry. you're such a control. <laughs> it's for good reason. Everybody knows that. Back to you, Alex. <laughs> yeah, so that was fun. We we just did it at my bandmate's place, so 
plenty of time to just play around with pedals and different guitars and amps, of course, and, and everything. And uh, so that was cool. I've been, um, we're going to go on tour at the beginning of March. So I've just been building a bunch of amps, trying to get rid, like get everything in order before I leave. And um, I'm going to do, I have a new, uh, a new amp. Uh, it's the Mark III version of an amp called The Mother that I've been making since about, 2012 and this is the third iteration of it and i'm going to be filming a demo video with a friend uh this saturday so i'm excited to do that because i I really nice uh that's been something i've been learning how to do is like edit video and stuff so i'm gonna hopefully have more videos soon it's something that i've been meaning to do for the last 10 years and just finally getting around to it (laughs) very cool very cool very hot very hot that's about it for me uh jared so, oh, oh, um, this week I got in a, a project for work for pickups and stuff, and it wasn't just to repair the pickups. Um, a really great customer of mine, um, he has a repair shop in Florida, and um, he sent me this 1962 uh, pick guard. Uh, for a jazz master, and it's you know it has all the original components on it. So I'm like, he's like, I don't know what to do with this thing. There's just wires all over the place, and it's not working right. And so I get it. And there's a lot of um, there's this this copper, some exposed copper, and then some uh, jacket around the copper. You know, insulation around the copper, and it's just wrapped around all these parts all over the place on this pick guard. And I don't know why, so I get rid of all this stuff, and then I, I get a wiring diagram out, you know, a traditional, and I check all the components, and lo and behold, and it's it's not working right. And I'm wondering, why are these pots not soldered on the back? Why why aren't grounds hooked up to these pots? And then why isn't there any even solder on the ground lug on the um, on the input jack? Because it's, I know why. Okay, and I and it took me a while to find out, and I was banging my head against the wall. So apparently, here's probably what happened. Our guess is that Pickard gassed out, it shrunk, and the metal part underneath didn't work anymore. Um, didn't fit that Pickard any longer. So, so somebody took it off. So that somebody took it off, and then they had to ground everything together. So when I took all that ground off. You know, it, it, and it never worked right after that uh, either. So what I had to do is I had to order a a shielding plate, and I'm and I got to tell you, man, this thing is so it's just shaped really funny the way it's shrunk and and uh, moved after the years. I think you can shed some more light on it. Yeah, I mean, I would. I mean, the, if if you ever run into something like that, you could just put a piece of shielding tape in the control area. Uh, either copper, uh, which is really is my I prefer to use copper shielding when yeah. I can, but uh, aluminum uh, shielding tape works just as fine, and that gives you the common ground. Uh, but yeah, that's because the the original guards had a uh, a metal shield. Yeah, aluminum. Yeah, if you if anyone's had a vintage Fender, they know what we're talking about. And I mean, these components on here are worth a lot of money. If you were to source try to source them out on eBay. Yeah, people. Of course, it's not really worth that much, but the the what market. Year, what year is, did you say it was? It is a sixty-two. Okay. 
Uh, so yeah, what I did was I, because it's a 62 and it's still pretty much original, um, minus the new solder blobs that I put on it, I am going to, uh, use the aluminum shield and I'm going to probably have to, you know, modify that to fit the guard properly. Let, can, let's just, for anybody that may be new to this, uh, can, can we just explain shielding really quick and what we're talking about? like shielding tape and yeah. et cetera? Tony? So, I mean, you shield uh, electrical components, especially passive components, and also pre-amplified components, active components, um, to prevent radio frequency interference. Um, it also helps if with a common ground, helps eliminate some extra humming and buzzing and, and all that's, kinds of weird yeah, noise And stuff. that's what the shielding was used for. For this particular pickguard right. was so, the common ground. So if you if you are looking at the back of your uh, pickguard and there's like uh, what looks like aluminum tape or copper tape, right. or the cavity of a guitar that you bought used or something has uh, copper or aluminum tape on the inside, and sometimes it's even sprayed with the the black yeah. uh, shielding conduct, conduct mm-hmm. paint stuff. That's what that's for, right? And what Jared is talking about, a lot of uh, fenders of that era had an actual separate. Aluminum, very thin piece of aluminum, kind right. of shaped like the pick guard yeah. uh, that sat behind the pick guard and became the common ground. Right. Yeah. Well, interesting yeah. stuff. Really, very super interesting. Really interesting stuff, guys. <laughs> super, super. <laughs> hey, uh, speaking Good of times. pick guards and grounding and all that stuff, I want to share a little, a little tip that uh, I've used over the years, uh, which has come in very handy, especially in in gigging. Um, I, I first encountered this problem with the Telecaster that I had and uh, I was I was getting this noise and I just couldn't I couldn't get rid of it I shielded the whole inside of everything I shielded the pickguard I shielded the heck out of everything it was like short of putting on an aluminum hat myself <laughs> I couldn't get rid of this noise now that I'd like to see yeah and uh, the thing that fixed it and now I still carry this around in a little baggie uh, in my in my gig bag is a uh, a dryer a dryer sheet. So you just take that little dryer sheet and you give it a little tiny rub on the uh, pickguard, and the noise yeah, goes away. Some, no, it sometimes it sometimes it, it it's it's held static, and it like you wipe it on, it's gone. Yeah, that doesn't mean that you don't. You know, I'm not saying that would get rid of a improper ground or something like that, but. My in my case, yeah. it was it was holding static charge, and then when I wiped the the uh, dryer sheet, it's you it must have gone. polished it too much. What? <laughs> Over polishing causes no. static electricity. Well, if you're playing up. and you're constantly hitting it, and you're standing on carpet or something. Uh, uh-huh. Right. Uh, that's just, so you're practicing at home and you put the guitar on, and it's still going to hold that charge. Just okay. kidding. All right. So, uh, not just kidding, but why did I, I don't know why I said How that. How about you, Todd? What's going on well, in your world Well, anyways, week? Nothing, nothing about dryer sheets, but hey, trust me. If you don't believe me, try it yourself. So there. I like dryer sheets. Yeah. Uh, I don't. Not on clothes. But that's a whole different thing. Um, <laughs> so for me, I was... Uh, I mentioned that we just recently uh, finished our album, and uh, the tone that we got on this album is something that I've coveted for a long, long time. Hmm. I'm so utterly thrilled to death with how the guitar sounds on this. it, It makes me weep. And I wanted to make sure, like, after we did this, 
that I changed my live sound to get as close to that as possible because we did a lot of tweaking and stuff. And uh, John Finnell, who's been on the show before, we've referenced him several times. He's the one who recorded us. Absolutely fantastic and just did an amazing job. And uh, so he said, well, let's see. Why don't we try, why don't we try a couple combinations? And uh, he gave me, when, when I was recording, we swapped out a couple pedals, and he, he said, I want to hear what this sounds like through your amp. And it was the, uh, the Catalan Bread Dirty Little Secret, mm. which is, you know, loosely termed, you know, Marshall in a box kind of thing. Um, but uh, I put that in, and I was like, okay, I dig, I dig, I dig. And uh, then I paired that up with the uh, 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 Audio Electronics Experiments Halberd, and it is, I like, money. So you ran one into the other? Halberd, wow. in, Halberd into the uh, into the Catlin bread. And, uh, and in between, I have the EP boost just to kind of go for a, like a little solo, you know, lift. Wow. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked on how it Lots sounds. Lots of pedals. So we're going to check that out. I'm going to pull it in here and and uh and see like how close we how close it sounds to the to what the album's doing. So Nice. Yeah, kind of fun. But uh I mean, I've got like a whole bunch of pedals on the floor. I've been, you know, trying all different kinds of combinations and what what if you take one put one in front of the other and then what happens if you swap those and it sounds like garbage and you swap them back and what if I slept this one in front of the other? So Sounds like really you fun. need a science amplification amp. Uh, <laughs> a, a pedal platform with massive headroom. <laughs> like massive headroom. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so that was what I did. Lottie, dottie, dottie. Well, well. Yeah. And we, We'd still we get... love to get Catlin Brett on. We've talked to him a couple times, but, yeah. um, you know, eh, sometime in the future maybe. You never know. Yeah. Oh, wow. Here we go. One, two, one, two, three. Four on the floor. That's my, that's my <laughs> drop for the uh, uh, four on the floor for you, my friend. Woo-hoo. Are you ready? I'm ready. Me? Yeah, I'm ready. Good, good. Just check and make sure your mouth still works because we've been talking so much. I know. I, w- I won't kick my microphone stand again. I just- <laughs> we didn't even hear that. Yeah. Uh, all right, so... The big thing is here, give as much detail as you possibly can. We want to hear all the gory details, where you got it, when you got it, why you got it, what inspired you to get it. Um, if you stubbed your all toe that on stuff. it or any of it. Yeah. All right? All right. Okay, let me clap you back in an intro. Here we go. All right. Alex Gaziano from Science Amplification, the 25-cent word. All right. Give us your four on the floor. All right, cool. Yeah, it was cool to hear Cody's. He's a customer, a friend of mine, so that was that was helpful. So, all right, um, I kind of picked the pedals that are that I actually use live because those really are the ones I know the most about. Are kind of nearest and dearest to me. Um, some are exotic, pun intended, and some <laughs> are a little bit more utilitarian <laughs> ones. Um, so, uh, uh, the. F- the first one is an exotic AC booster, and it, to my knowledge, it's some kind of variation off a tube screamer. But um, you know, typical tube screamers and clones, they they have that mid hump where you can that you can get really used to, and they have a nice kind of like kind of softer attack to them. But right. they, you know, cut 
treble and bass, which can be really good for certain things like boosting a high gain amp or just um, if you have a really scooped kind of fendery amp, it can kind of help that. Uh, yeah. that's, that's kind of a, yeah, if it's kind of a bright, bassy, clean, clean sound. And then, um, but I like it's the like AC a tennis booster. ball on a nice pick. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. That's actually a really good metaphor. <laughs> I like the, the AC booster. I switched from a tube screamer to an AC booster because it has this really nice um, treble and bass uh, control that's just tuned to like really uh, musical frequencies, I guess you could say. Uh-huh. And, um, and they have a really wide range, and it has a little bit more gain and volume on tap. So to me, it's just kind of like a perfect tube screamer. And it's not so... I, I do sometimes like transparent overdrives, but uh, sometimes they're just like too transparent. And this one kind of colors the sound in a, in, a, in a pleasant way. I play with single coils a lot in my band, and this kind of like uh, fills them in a little bit when I hit it. Awesome. So that'd be my first one. Awesome. Do you know what the AC stands for? I don't know what it sounds for. Um, I think it's supposed to be something like a Vox AC30 uh, or AC15. Okay. But I don't think, I don't know why that is. I'm pretty sure it's a t- Tube Screamer variant. Okay. Because cool. with the control, the, the, the EQ in the center, it pretty much sounds like a Tube Screamer to me. Gotcha. I haven't really looked at the schematics or anything like that, but um, well, th- those exotic pedals, man. I, you know, it's it's probably the one pedal that everybody's like, I don't know how to explain this. <laughs> you know, like across the board, like all of them, they're just like, it's just really good. I don't know exactly why or how, yeah. but and they're built like tanks too, which is really cool because a lot yeah. of those mini pedals are not, but those ones definitely are. Right. Yeah. Um. My next one is kind of a more plain pedal, but it has one really interesting feature. It's a Boss DD6. Have you guys ever used one of those? I have not personally, no. So it's a delay. It's just your delay? Yeah, it's just a delay. Okay. Not the DD3, that one's super popular, the DD7, or now they I think they have a newer one. But the DD6 has this special feature called warp where it's when you hold down the the switch it oscillates, which a lot of a lot of boutique pedals do, but you, I, I've tried a lot of them and they don't have the, they don't ramp up the same way this one does. So basically when you hold it, it just, it's like turning the feedback all the way up. Uh. But this one ramps in a really kind of quick, aggressive way. And it also, when you let go of it, it tapers off in a really cool way. And so I don't particularly love the delay sound on it. It's just a really clean digital delay, but the I pretty much just use it for this warp effect for like noise stuff and uh, to kind of like create drones and things like that. That's cool. I like um, that. I've just been using it for years. Huh. Yeah, it's really, really cool for like noise stuff. It's kind of my secret weapon and I'm like uh, on on the last tour I was on um, our entire van and all of our equipment got stolen on the no. first before the first night of a month long tour. <laughs> That's a long story. Oh my gosh! But oh my God. we were pretty screwed without this DD6. Of all the things, uh, like we eventually got two DD6s um, from from uh, Craigslist. Like along the tour, we found one in like. Chicago and one in like Oklahoma or something. It was kind of funny. Wow. Buying them from 
from people and telling them that, you know, our stuff was stolen. <laughs> We're so happy to get these DD6 pedals back because of the warp thing. <laughs> and um, so, so have you bought a few of them just in case? <laughs> I, mean, I know I should stock up, but the thing is they're pretty common and a lot of people don't really like them that much. They don't have tap tempo. They don't have, you know, and, and it's a, yeah, they're, they're pretty boring except for this warp thing. And they've incorporated onto some newer boss pedals like the DD500, but it doesn't, it does, still doesn't work the same as this one. This one's cool too because you can have it off. And when you step down on it, you can, you can turn on the pedal and warp at the same time. So you don't have to hit two different switches. Oh, aha. <laughs> I like that. And it's Even a boss with, pedal. So you can really this. just stand on it. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So um, I'm kind of a boss fanboy. Um, so let's see, but I don't have any other boss pedals on this list. Um, the next one would be, uh, Caroline Shigaharu fuzz. Mm -hmm. Um, that's a really cool fuzz. I was using a rat for a long time and I really liked the mid range of it. And I kept trying to find a distortion pedal that was e equally as mid rangey, but maybe a little... Um, a little less like compressed and a little more on the fuzz side of it, like a little more screwed up sounding. That's the way that I like it. Yeah. So we've talked about that many times. Like, I, I think you're probably chasing a similar sound. We, we are chasing similar sounds. Yeah. And it, it's funny in general because I'm like an amp person and I spend most of my days like tweaking overdrive and distortion sounds in my amps. But when I joined this this band where I use all these pedals, they, they were already using pedals and I seriously, I, I hadn't used that many pedals in a band before. So, um, but this was like eight years ago, but I've, I've, uh, now I'm like, uh, it's been cool for me to like, you know, try all these different, all these pedals and, and find different tones. And these are like tones. I don't ever really care for pedals that try to sound like amps. Mm -hmm. Just for me, I don't, I, I just can't really, uh, it never really sounds like an amp to me. And I just figure, why don't you just turn up the amp? Right. But, um, so I'm, yeah, I'm kind of more interested in like more fuzz sounds, I guess, or real extreme sounds that you couldn't get out of a, out of an amp. Interesting. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Cool. If that makes sense. Yeah. I and, uh, yeah, that pedal is really cool. It has a really cool, uh, octave function and actually, and, um, John from uh, you mentioned him, uh, electronic audio experiments. He drink with that one. Yeah, John Snyder. Drink, drink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, you know, last time I was in Boston on tour, he met up with me and took me out for a drink. <laughs> <laughs> and he gave me a he gave me a how you mentioned it. He gave me a halberd uh, prototype. Really? Oh, that's because cool. he had, he'd heard all our stuff got stolen, so he was Ooh. really sweet and he gave that to oh, me. Oh wow, that's and, very uh, cool. I use that I use that a lot too. So that'll be my my like extra. Nice. My five. Yeah, on the floor. It's All a great right. pedal. If it's there's any pedal. any of our listeners out there and you see John Schneider, buy him a drink. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's he's, very he's kind. Great. Um, kind. let's see. Uh, the other two are kind of one's really utilitarian. It's a uh, Sonic Research Turbo Tuner. Does anyone ever mention tuners? Occasionally, yeah. you we guys are so bored. <laughs> we, tried, we tried to dissuade from from the tunage. All right, but this tuner is badass. <laughs> all right, um, all right. Okay, well, so you can slide um, that one in. Let's do it. 
Here's the thing with the tuner. If you're not in tune, none of these pedals sound good. True. And and it's cool because you can intonate your guitar with it, but it's it's small. I like how it kind of looks kind of like it gives you that same feeling like when you when you find a real old website that you can tell hasn't been updated in a long time. <laughs> it, look, it doesn't like look it looks kind of bad, but it right. works so well. Okay. Um I love the You're really selling this um, thing, let me tell you. <laughs> so how does know. it sound? Yeah. It does exactly what it needs to do. Uh, it's actually true bypass. I sometimes I wish it was buffered, but it's not. Oh now um you, why did you choose that one? I mean, of all the tuners you have available to you. Well, I had I had a uh, a TU2, a boss, like since I was 14. I had it for, I don't know, 15 years or something. Uh-huh. And it actually still works. It just, it actually still works, but I just, I don't know, I got the itch to get a new tuner. And It, it uh, doesn't have the best eyeball to floor kind of help in my uh, the the turbo tuner no the 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 boss the tu2 oh yeah i, I need doesn't. a better readout. and the, tur- the turbo tuner doesn't either it's kind of challenging sometimes but i like it for that reason <laughs> <laughs> um uh. it frustrates my bandmates but i like it um but yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I just read about it. I wanted to have, I wanted to have a tuner that I could intonate my guitars with. Uh huh. All and right. This one was like really accurate. Cool. Sorry, All that right. was a boring one. No, I that's okay. One it is okay. The rest of your stuff is not. <laughs> okay, I got a really, I got a really nerdy one, but it may be in, interesting to nerdy amp people. Okay. It's it a pedal. Is a, it's a pedal. Okay. It's technically a pedal. All right. It's a radial tone bone head bone. Do you guys know what this is? Uh, well, I know what a radial Some, tone bone. That's yeah. a, that's like an ABY kind of box, right? Okay. Th- yeah. Right. So this one's called the head bone. This one allows you to switch two heads through the same cabinet. Oh. Which can be cool if you're for live use. If you're like you want to use two different amp heads, one for your clean and one for your distorted sound, for example. Right. So if you want to use a pushed amp versus, and, and maybe you don't have a channel selector. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You could use two use. single channel amps. <laughs> you yeah. could use two single channel amps through the same cabinet so you don't have to have two cabinets either. That's cool. And huh. it's safe safe to use. Yeah. I use this thing constantly. I do it when too when I show people amps of mine in the shop to compare different amps to each other. Yeah. So you can hear them in real time so you don't have to unplug everything and cuz even, you know, you can't remember whatever seem to remember what anything sounds like unless you hear it back to back. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Is there any kind so, of lag or anything I've done on this? those? Oh, a, there's a slight there's a slight No, not really. Not really. Just don't do it mid solo, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there I think there's a tiny dropout and they do that to mute any popping sound that might happen otherwise. Right. But um it's been really cool for me because I use it in the shop all the time to compare my amps with vintage amps or different amps to each other. So I can really, really like hear the differences between things. Yeah. So that's a pedal that I could not live without probably more than any of the other pedals. I use okay. It well, how about we swap that one with that delicious tuner that tuner. you put in? 
<laughs> the tuner. I know. I thought I was being funny with the tuner. <laughs> yeah. Not we'll, funny we'll, at all. We'll leave, we'll leave it on the podcast, but on the blog, we'll we'll keep it to the four. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> how many how many watts can that uh, the radial pedal handle? Uh, I've killed one of them before, actually. Uh, <laughs> it says a hundred, but when you it has this feature when you start to when it starts to smell bad, that's you turn it off. <laughs> turn, off turn off the amps. That's what I found. Smellovision. vision. <laughs> oh yes. I've tried. I've fixed one before, and then and then I killed another one. And oh man, yeah. I have a little collection. We, we just had a similar thing happen here. At uh, I, we were messing around with this head, and I was uh, uh, John, John Fennell, and I were messing around with this head in here, just playing it, trying to che- check it out and test it and stuff. And and uh, we both kind of looked at each other, and we both got real close to it and started sniffing it. And we looked at each other, and we're like, uh-huh. "Yeah, turn it off, turn <laughs> yeah. it off, turn it off, turn yeah. it off." <laughs> <laughs> it did not smell natural at all. Uh, that reminds me of the, the old days of the, was it the, the Tom Scholl's uh, power soaks? Is that what they were called, power soaks? Um, oh, a, yeah. A little... I know Marshall had a power break, and but the power soak. Okay. Yeah, the power soak, I think, was it was loaded with all these wire-round resistors and things like that right. that give you a speaker load. And you could turn it down, mm-hmm. but inevitably, you, I mean, they got hot, and they, you could just smell them eventually start to burn. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Well, uh, that was a fun four on the floor. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, sure. Maybe not. Uh, yeah, they're pretty. They're pretty like straightforward. But if you're, you know, if you got a, a nice amp. Well, that, that, the the DD six is something that we haven't heard of. Yeah, I'm actually see and. You you kind of hit on something. I typically don't use uh, effects pedals like through an entire song. I you know I stab in for like mm-hmm. a little bit and I use it here and there. So what you were saying actually would I could totally use something like that. I don't need yeah. an always on thing that does that. You know, uh, and I right. think a lot of the boutique versions they're kind of made for like noise rock where you're like really leaning on that, but. The nice thing is with that boss is it's not gonna, you don't have to. It's not gonna break the bank to get that, you know. No. Cool. Yeah. Very helpful. All right. Well, we are we are gathered here today to uh, learn about science amps, science amplification, if you will. if you're form if you want to formalize it, <laughs> and uh, and Alex Gaziano, the the builder behind science amps and the brand. I've had a cold, so I got like you know. Kind of <laughs> He's got voice. his smooth jazz voice yeah. going today. How Hello, about this that? Is George Tokai. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyways, all right, Alex. First of all, let's just get this out of the way. What kind of gear are you playing? Because we want to know. Well, yeah, currently, yeah. In my in my band, I play a jazz master with Lawler pickups. It's actually just a Squire. This was my replacement guitar after mine got stolen. It's it's a Squire, one of the new classic vibes. Oh, yeah. And I really like it a lot. I'm embarrassed how much I like it. It has, (laughs) like, skinny, tall frets, and I put Lawler pickups in it, and I have a few uh, buddies that work down there in Tacoma and stuff, and um, I just love those pickups. And uh, so that's what I'm using for a guitar. 
it is it's a uh, sonic blue but it's it's a pretty cool it's i usually don't like light blue guitars but it's so light it's almost imperceivably blue like you don't can't tell it's blue until it's next to white does that make sense yeah oh, okay i got you yeah the first i mean that's such that, a light light blue that that squire line has really come a long way i mean the first jazz master that I was really impressed with with was the Squire uh, Jay Mascus. Oh yeah, Jazz Master. Yeah, that I've is a solid too, yeah. guitar. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. They seem and, to um, they seem I, to go bigger on the offset stuff with the Squires. I don't know, like the Squire line seems to be better there than elsewhere. Yeah, just a thought. And um, mm. I just got. Um, isn't one of one of you guys likes Japanese guitars? Maybe all. Yeah, that's me. Tony does. Tony <laughs> I just got. I just got. Um, I've been trying to play this one in, in the band a little bit, but it doesn't have a tremolo. And I've been trying to figure out how to get a, get one on there. It's a, it's a Greco copy, of a Rickenbacker. Oh yeah, oh, that sounds uh, fun. I'm not sure which one. It's a three pick. It's like the John Lennon model, but it has a lo- it has a longer neck. It doesn't have that really. So short it's full. Neck. Yeah, it's like a three fifty. Uh, scale yeah, three fifty, and has three pickups. Yeah. And, um, well, it's the, really, really the, cool guitar. The one way to do it would have been to do what John did with his and put a um, uh, a Bigsby on it. Yeah, I've I got to try some more Bigsby's. I've never really gotten along with one. They they don't. I got. I'm just so used to the Jazzmaster one. It's, it's just like a, it's a totally different feel. I mean, yeah, yeah. The, the Jazzmaster and Jaguar. Uh, trems are a lot i want to say they're more touch sensitive maybe if when they're set up right with the spring whereas the right. bigsby is pretty much i mean you can't i mean it's, it's really good at just little you know warbly kind of yeah it's more subtle and yeah. you can't strum with one that's my problem unless you have a chet atkins arm i don't know if you guys have seen that yeah yeah i have seen those but i've never tried it and they look funny on some guitars i don't know yeah might look cool on there but the uh, but Rickenbackers would have come with the, they had one that was similar to like a maestro, uh, and then right. that was originally on John's guitar, and it was. I'll just say that maestros are not known for their <laughs> longevity on on most guitars. They a lot of people just take Stability, them off, yeah, and they move on, they move on to other things. Right. In in this case, it was a a, right. a, a Bigsby, but. Um, but I'm trying to think. There's probably some other good options out there. Dusenberg makes a good trem option. Yeah, I've been looking around. Is that the one that Nutter uses? See. I think I might so. Just, maybe yeah. I'll just try to write some songs without it. I saw those in name. They're really nice. Yeah. Well, so there you go. Shake your guitar. Um, bend the well, neck. that's that's a cool thing. So, um, in, in yeah. is, is it a that's kind of more interesting guitar? Is it a set neck or is it a bolt on? It's a set neck. Okay, cool. Because they made them both ways. Yeah. It's, it's, it, but if it's a Japanese one, that's that that's that's a really good version. They they make yeah. a lot of them in Korea now. Right, right. Yeah, I have a f- uh, couple um, Japanese Les Pauls too. I have a I have a bunch of guitars just f- that I use for amp testing because you know all my customers have different guitars so and pickups. So I want to make sure that my amps sound good with like you know. Everything from a Strat to a down-tuned Les Paul with EMGs or whatever. I have all sorts of guitars. It's a good excuse to buy guitars. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> it's but, a tax write-off. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, so... Um, but yeah, as far as the one that I actually play the most, it's the Jazzmaster. And then um, my pedal board is pretty much kind of what I went... what I 
my the pedals that I like. I really use the Shigaharu Fuzz a lot, the AC Booster Delay, right. and I use a Boss GD500 Delay too for like a tape echo. And um, I think, uh, yeah, my friend is your band um, like from, really heavy. Um, it's kind of like a more like a post punk band. Okay. Noise rock band. We have some kind of like kraut rock influences and stuff. Okay. Hmm. What kind yeah. of amps are you uh, using? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Marshalls, Fenders. Marshalls. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we, yeah. So I'm using um, a science amp. I'm using this model I make called the Street Sweeper. And that one, um, it's, it does get some overdrive and I, my clean sound with it is, is kind of dirtier, but it, uh, it's, it's more of a cleaner amp with reverb. Um, it's kind of special feature. It has two, two reverb. It's a real spring reverb and everything, but you can switch between two reverb settings that each have their own level. And, uh, I call it a color control. It's like a tone control just for the reverb. Kind of like the old uh, fixed G1 uh, Fender reverb units had, you know, the ones that right. you would like set on top of your amp. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So you can have a dry sound, obviously, or switch between two reverb sounds. Um, and yeah, that that amp is kind of more in the like Fendery or Dumble kind of range. I was really going to, I was really, yeah, I was really hoping you were going to say Kemper, but you know. Kemper. <laughs> It's it's modeled. I after, use a Kemper. Um, I based it off of a Kemper profile. I use, it's based on a crate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some crates are pretty good. <laughs> Mike Soldano designed a crate. Can't remember which one. Palomino uh, or something. Oh really? They're not made well though. They, yeah. kind, of fall, they kind of break down. I still have, I love the the original ones that have. They're actually the the casings are those made out of. I wood. see those pop up on Craigslist all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So okay. Well, that's cool. Now we have an understanding of like what you're doing uh, with your own guitars and what kind of gear you like and stuff like that. Um, now let's get into your bread and butter, which are the science amps. Uh, they are uh, pretty recognizable, which is good. So you did a good job on that. And everybody, as soon as you see it, you're like, I know exactly what that <laughs> it says is. science on it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> what cool. else? Yeah. Yeah. We tried it, to make it really. Vague. It's a beautiful amp. I mean, it really is. Uh, and you really are, you make heads, you're not doing combos and all that stuff. I did make one combo for a while, but, um, I discontinued it. I think I'm going to make a new combo actually this year. That's one thing. Oh, really? Okay. All right. Uh, is it safe to say that you... It's like a 50 watt. It's like, uh, like it'll be more of a pedal platform thing, like a 50 channel or excuse me, 50 channel, a 50 watt (laughs) single channel, 112. (laughs) Um, and then there'll be a 50 channel version. Right. Excellent. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) I'm holding out for the hundred, hundred channel version. hundred channel. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the tone bone, head bone deluxe. Well, that's where you could use that. Um, so what? How did you get? Uh, I mean, what was your your first uh, amp that you that you built? I mean, is it on the in the line now, or is it something different? Um, the very first amp I built was um, I got I got a a very short apprenticeship with a local amp builder in Olympia, Washington, uh, Dale Murrow, who has a little company called Old School Amps, 
And I just cold called him and asked him if I could, you know, maybe he could show me some stuff. I wanted to learn how to fix my own amps, but, um, yeah, he, he showed me some stuff. And then I, the first amp I ended up, he said, you know, if you really want to get into this, you kind of just got to build something and, uh, and then kind of, you know, go from there. So I built, uh, he had a version of a Tweed Princeton, which is just a little single ended amp with a volume and a tone control. It's kind of like most people build that or something like it, like a champ or something for their first amp. And I built that and that was cool. And I learned a lot from that, but then, you know, I was already, I was playing in bands and stuff. I wanted to play like build something loud. I could actually play. So the next amp I built was something more like a, uh, JTM 45, like a, you know, like a 50 watt flexi mm-hmm. kind of amp. Yeah. And so that was kind of the test bed for my first, um, like original d- designs. Um, and the first model I came out was called the Hellhawk, and I still make a version of that. And um, it does still have Marshall-y roots for sure. So it kind of it goes back all the way back to that one. And these are all point-to-point wiring, no, no, uh, no boards, right? I do use circuit boards, actually. Yeah. Oh, you do. I, that's something. That's something I switched in 2017. Um, I was making boards from scratch in a more of a hobbyist kind of fashion using this Garolite material. It's the same material that they make printed circuit boards out of, but um, they were really labor intensive and they don't, and there's some problems with doing them that way because you, if you want to do channel switching and use uh, DC heaters, which are a lot quieter and um, a lot of modern components, which are a lot higher quality, you can't really use in a hand wired amp reliably because they're just not meant to be mounted to to turrets or eyelets like the old fenders and marshals so you kind of compromise some reliability uh by it it seemed counterintuitive because people associate um kind of maybe not so much anymore with all the with all the pedals and everything people are a little i what i've noticed over the last decade is printed circuit boards are definitely less taboo yeah. yeah. We had a whole um, show about that, actually. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, there's guys like Steve Fryette or Andy Marshall from THD who, who, from the beginning, have been saying, there's nothing wrong with circuit boards. Like, they're actually more consistent. Um, you know, they can be just as or more reliable than than doing it all hand-wired. It just depends on how you do it. Right. And um, I've really found that to be true. So I use really thick circuit boards with really extra heavy traces with tons of standoffs so they don't flex at all. And I still keep all the pots and the, the tube sockets chassis mounted so they're easy to repair. And um, they're just, it's just like a little more rugged that way. Yeah, that's a good idea. So, um, and a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, like Soldanos, those have always been circuit boards and a lot of a lot of old amps have stood the test of time you know oh yeah i mean boogies but, um, they, they came out of the gate you know with you know their their original line the mark ones yeah and and those circuit boards are really primitive compared to what you can do now mm-hmm, so yeah. um and yeah those ones are still around you know um sorry i went off on a tangent about the circuit board no, no that, that no that was my question <laughs> to you and there I, yeah, I, yeah. I agree with you i don't think there's anything wrong with it I think from uh you know from a repair standpoint I think you know the point to points are a little bit easier but that's assuming that you know you're going to blow an amp up or that sort of thing or the, at least yeah, the componentry a- inside there 
I mean, nine times out of ten, it's a tube or a transformer. Yeah, totally de- right, right, yeah. Yeah, it totally, it just totally depends. Sometimes the circuit board amps are easier to repair if they're designed to be repaired. A lot of times they're not. They're just designed to assemble as fast as possible. Right. That's what, so that's what Rob from nightmare, uh, yeah. Mad Cow often, you know, like whenever, if you, if you see, if you go to Instagram and check out his channel, Mad Cow Amplification, most of the ones that he has the most complaints about are those, the, I guess you could say, consumer grade or economy level uh, yeah. amps that are on boards, but they're, to your point, they're not meant for that kind of easy repair. Okay, so back uh, to your amps. <laughs> uh, when, when you started out with that, uh, and you, so you hit that, you hit the, the Hellhawk. Hellhawk, yeah. At what point did you hit sort of like the stride of where your own true design started coming out? Um, I don't know because all all my amps. So I know I've noticed something interesting where all my amps are. I tried to make all my models different for different people who have different. I mean, they're all pretty loud, but for people who have different tonal um, goals. <laughs> And, right. you know, play different genres and different things. But I've kind of noticed that all my amps do share some similar voicing to them. And I'm not, it's nothing I really set out to do. But um, I, th- I think even just from the first amp, I've just, you know, just voicing, when you're voicing the amps by ear, you just kind of have certain tendencies towards certain um, tonal qualities, I guess. And right. so um, I kind of just trust, tried i got some good advice early on to kind of just trust your ears you know yeah and so um that's kind of what i've been doing because i have um all to a certain extent all like all amps in general but um all my amps are you know have their dna in in uh vintage some vintage amps whether it's a high water or a bad amp or a marshall or whatever but um and then i just kind of usually use that as a starting place and go from there whether it's yeah so I, one thing that's always been important to me is like having um, useful features on the amp, like not too many bells and whistles, but things that are really usable and not too confusing for people, especially nowadays when you have so many, pe- a lot of people have so many pedals too, it's just like they get option paralysis. Yeah, that we're like, I can't, I'm never going to use all this. What is it? What is it for? Am I using it wrong if I don't use it? <laughs> It, really quick, I want to do just a quick association. If you could give us, I'm going to run through uh, your models real quick, and if you could okay. just give sort of, just so people have an understanding of like, I think you've used the term a couple times, and I like the term for this, color. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, if you can give just a color association with each of these. Uh, so Hellhawk. Like literally a color? No. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. It's, yes. It's not Jimmy Kimmel. Right. We're not going to do that. Blue. <laughs> yeah. He's so funny, though. He's so cute. Uh, all right. Um, Hellhawk. Hellhawk is kind of, um, it's it's more, uh, can I use other? Oh, absolutely. Amps? Yes. Okay. It's kind of, this one's more plexi-like. It's not super aggressive or like um, like a 70s Marshall might be, and it's not really like really dark. It's kind of somewhere in the middle. It's to me kind of like the clean sound on it is a very balanced, warm, clean sound. It's not very it's not 
overly scooped, uh, but it gets some good breakup. It's kind of like a very classic 60s Marshall-y rock clean sound, I guess. Okay, good. Um, and the the overdrive sound, it can get... It's kind of a more hot rodded version of that it can get it can get pretty high gain. Some people I think if you're playing like extreme metal may not be enough gain for you, but it's I would consider it high gain and it's pretty uh I don't know, it's pretty balanced and um sounding. I don't know. I think that's something that I really go for with my amps. I don't really voice things like overly super aggressive bright or like super dark i have this tendency to try to make them work with like all sorts of different guitars and styles so uh yeah it okay. gives them maybe a more kind of yeah so that one's kind of more like the rock and it's fairly simple control wise it's two channels but it has a shared eq and stuff okay decolonizer okay Decolonizer is a little more aggressive. It ha thank you for not calling it the decolonizer. By no. the way. <laughs> hey, you just said it though. It, it, I know, but it took me about <laughs> it took me about like four years before someone was like, "Oh yeah, decolonize." I was like, "Oh my god, I can't." But <laughs> come on. <laughs> as a side thing, I figured that if you read decolonizer as decolonizer, you're probably you're probably really metal, and you're probably into the fact that it's called the decolonizer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But at first, it really bummed me out. I was like, oh no. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, if it makes a sale, right? <laughs> yeah, right. So that one, that one is, um, it's actually similarly voiced to the Hellhawk. It just can get more gain. It has uh, some more feature, some more features like each channel has its own EQ. But I tried to keep it as simple as possible. It has a foot switchable boost that's variable. So, and it's a little bit more aggressive. It's a little tighter in the low end and it's maybe has a little bit more like upper mid range aggression to it. Okay. Um, that's that said, that amp could still work for lots of different styles, but that's the one that I recommend to people who are playing like metal and high gain stuff that don't want to use like pedals for any more gain. Gotcha. I think you just said that, that, yeah. that tighter low end, that's where that comes into play for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then um, the uh, mother. The mother. So I have this one. Uh, this is, I just came out with the third iteration of this one. This one has its roots in like a high watt. Um, the newest version of it is kind of, it's kind of really, uh, it can still do a very, uh, it, it can do a high watt kind of clean sound, but it, can, it has a lot more gain available. And, um, yeah, this one's really interesting because it's kind of the most chameleon of all the amps. Like I can get I can dial in the mother to sound pretty convincing convincingly like most of the other amps I make, but not the other way around. Um and it's because it has this really kind of uh effective EQ and it it's it's kind of it has the most low end. It's and it has a more you can make the low end tighter, but it's still a little bit looser. A lot of people use this one for like doom metal and uh, th this one i also is designed for bass guitar as well so a lot of people use it for bass gotcha and um yeah um okay how about the street yeah, sweeper describe yeah the street sweeper is the one i had mentioned before that one's cleaner uh it, it actually gets pretty crunchy but it it it's like um it's kind of a more like vintage kind of power amp breakup to it when it does distort and it has the 
special switchable reverbs and um it's just kind of a big open clean sound a lot of headroom yeah they all i mean they all do they all technically have the same amount of headroom some feel like they might break up a little earlier compressed but they all do you know I make all the models in 50, 100, or 200 watts. So 200. <laughs> that that's pretty impressive. I was gonna after we went through all the models, I was gonna mention that. That that's that's totally. pretty amazing. Yeah, it's funny because if you were to play a 50 watt Hellhawk, for example, next to a 200 watt one, both distorted, they it doesn't sound that much louder. And technically, it's only six decibels louder, but it you can feel it more with the headroom. Uh, if you're trying to play really loud and clean, and you can hear that the most, you know, on bass, you know, if you've ever tried to play clean bass through like a 30 watt amp, it's really difficult with a right. band. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. 200. Uh, yeah. Earthling. <laughs> Give us the Earthling. Oh yeah, this is another newer amp of mine. This one's this one's probably maybe the most unique tonally, just in that most people probably aren't as familiar with the sound. It's this one's based. I had. I was lucky enough to get uh, to borrow a friend's uh, Mad Amp, a early '70s Mad Amp. It's a GT120, and this amp. Uh, I don't know. Are you guys familiar with the band Sleep? Uh, loosely. Yeah, they're 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 probably their most famous record is this. It's this hour long song called Dope Smoker, <laughs> and uh, they famously used these uh, these Mad Amps, and there's no pals. It's just Less Paul tuned to C standard, cranked up through uh, mad amps and matching uh, fan loaded uh, speaker cabinets. And um, they have this really, it almost sounds, when it's all the way up, it almost sounds like it's breaking, like kind of like a lot of like old fuzzes do, how they compress a lot and they have a soft attack. But the, it's just a really gnarly, uh, kind of fuzzed out really mid heavy but it's dark sound like foggy people describe it as foggy a lot um sound when it's all the way up and it's a pretty unique sound that you can't i've i've heard some pedals that can emulate it okay pedals that are based off the amp but um it's kind of like if that's the sound you're chasing you there's you can't really get it any other way which which is something i that's cool about it yeah but yeah, um, but the but it also has a great clean sound that's really like Peter uh, Peter Green f from early Fleetwood Mac. He was like a famous user of those amps, and um, uh, yeah, that's what or oranges were based off of the the design. The original designer Mad Amp designed the early amps for orange, but and that's why they share a similar look and stuff. But yeah, so this is based off of that, and um probably more than any of my other amps, I really wanted to make sure that it could really capture the exact sound of this old one, especially because I had one of the old ones. And then, uh, But it can do more stuff too. And I made a two-channel version, which is two identical channels. So it's kind of like almost you can, you have two mad amps behind you and you can switch between two of them like at different settings. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. Question for you. So you, yeah. like, you're very much in the head world and and more yes. you know high power amps. Yeah. When you started making these I'm I'm thinking about uh, chronologically this is where the rebirth of everybody going to combos sort of started happening. Is that I, I feel yeah, like those, I think the, you're right. You know what I mean? 
I think, yeah. So I just wasn't really paying attention to that that much. <laughs> well, I was that, like, why do all, why all these guys want little lambs? Yeah, but that <laughs> so along the way, as everybody was kind of going like, ah, oh, you know, combo lamps the way to go because then you can play anywhere, or you know, being constantly told to turn, being told to, uh, to right. turn down and stuff. How uh, obviously you didn't care, <laughs> <laughs> and you kept doing your thing, but. Uh, did you feel anything from that at all? Well, I, I always made sure all my amps have like really good usable master volumes. Like you can turn down the 200 watt one quieter than you could ever turn down a five watt non-master volume amp. Wow. And okay. so I, I, although you'd never really buy a 200 watt amp just to turn it down that much, <laughs> you can totally do that. And it sounds the same so that's one thing i do i definitely do consider being able to turn them down because i've been in situations with older before when i used non-master volume amps where i was totally frustrated and the sound guy was totally frustrated yeah. and um or my ears were just tired or i just wanted to play quietly a little you know a little right. quieter and i couldn't so but um yeah i did notice um it was definitely i started science in 2009 as like a company and i did notice that um it was definitely like a big boom in like boutique small boutique amps and i just kind of i um i appreciate a lot of little amps like that but i just kind of figured there's so many of them um there wasn't that many people making you know boutique 200 watt amps so i kind of figured oh this like these are the kind of amps i personally like and play and uh maybe this will be my niche kind of yeah well you also whether you planned on it or not seem to get ahead of the curve of all of the the doom and all you know the the, the great insurgence of that <laughs> yeah i mean i've always really liked music like uh really loud yeah. heavy music since i was really young I, I mean i mean among other things but that was always stuff i appreciated and I, I always like loved amps more than guitars or pedals i just really really loved amps so um and like big, i always played big loud amps so it was just like kind of natural for me to, yeah. to make amps like that uh well th these are I, i'm really glad that you just kind of went through and, and explained all these things and now one thing that I'm curious to know, these are extremely well-made amps. What enabled you to make these amps as good as they are? Do you have a background in electronics? Do you Are you just naturally adept at it? or I'm just crazy. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> like, um... I don't, I don't know. I just, like, uh... I, I just became really obsessed with amps, and I just wanted to make the best amps i could possibly make and i'm i'm i don't have anyone that i work with a cabinet builder who's super talented he's actually the nephew of uh the guy that i apprenticed for um years and years ago his name's jeff Moreau, and he's my cabinet builder and he's like he has crazy attention to detail and um i'm really lucky to be working with him um but as far as like the quality of the amps i i I don't know. I think it's just in my personality. I'm just really like high attention to detail and I uh, I make all the amps myself, you know. I'm I you know design them and build them all myself. I don't have anyone else uh playing amps for me. So I 
I take my time and I just make sure that everything is is right. And uh, yeah, I don't know if there's more of a reason. I guess yeah, I'm just. Did uh, you have like, uh, like did you take any elect electronic classes? Oh or yeah. Like, how did you? Um, no, I just learned on my own. Um, I uh, yeah, I just learned from books and and online and. Uh, wow. I just like literally did that like all day, most days for many years. I still do <laughs> read about amps and read schematics and all the time. All right. There's another one. Uh, Yet another <laughs> one. Just, I don't know. I don't know how to do this. I just did it. And look where you are. That's fantastic. Yeah. And there's so many people like me, like a lot of my peers, um, some of them have electronic uh, electrical engineering backgrounds but what a lot of people will tell you especially with tube amps is that you don't learn that stuff in electrical engineering school i mean tube technology is so outmoded at this point i mean they may cover it for a few hours in class like the history of electronics or something you know of course some of the concepts carry over but that's not really stuff you can learn in school anyway. Yeah. Well, I mean just even having a basic understanding of what all the things do i think there's a lot of people that endeavor to build these and they couldn't tell you what you know uh, a capacitor does or you know what a right it capacitor that works yeah you know, totally that works both ways like, they know what it looks like and they know that they have the part in front of them but yeah they couldn't explain what what that's doing so right. i think that's and the difference between assembling and creating maybe. right yeah 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 so um, yeah, audio stuff is really, in, audio design is really interesting in that way. That's why I think I've been designing amps uh, or electronics, especially music electronics, keeps people so interested for so long is because there's there's the the artistic side of it and then there's the electronics, the, the science side of it, no pun intended. <laughs> and uh, so you kind of like, you can dive so deep in both directions. Uh, yeah. All right. Tony, I think you got a, a last question for Alex here. It's the biggest, it's the most important one of all. <laughs> so how did you come up with the name? Oh, Science okay. Amps. It's kind of a, it's kind of a cool story. So, um, you guys probably in bands or have played in bands and stuff and you know, it's like pretty hard to think of a band name. It can be pretty torturous. <laughs> so, yes, especially <laughs> where lawsuits are involved and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. cease and desist. Yeah. 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 So it can be. It's hard. I didn't want to call the uh, amp company Gaziano. Uh, my last name <laughs> didn't really have a good. Ring Say it the it. right way, Gaziano. Gaziano. Yeah. <laughs> but it's still. I, I don't know. It, I don't know. I never really liked. Um, calling amp and no offense to anyone who does this because it's totally classic and a cool thing to do but i never personally wanted to name it after myself you know right um and uh i i or so i originally started the company like in the very beginning with my friend scott and he had a five-year-old son and we were trying to think of names and we just literally one night we're at the kitchen table and said hey what do you think we should call the amp company he said science and we're like <laughs> yeah, that's, that's awesome that was my so favorite subject it. in school you know yeah, yeah. so it's uh, named after a five-year-old i just yeah. well it kind of fit because it's uh it's slightly tongue-in-cheek because tubes are not really high science anymore right 
you know. Yeah. So. One of the, I rarely share personal stuff, but. Um, really? Um, <laughs> you always I, share personal stuff. I don't. Stuff. Not about <laughs> nothing beyond me. Oh, okay. So <laughs> I have a, a photo of one of my daughters who at the table when she was maybe about five, uh, she was a, just a super interesting character, just like kind of out there, like just not weird, just out there, right? And she she held her arm up in the middle of dinner, and she put a and she had a fork on her arm, like side <laughs> you know sideways, and she her eyes were really huge, and she she I. I don't know why I, you know, when you're, when you're a young, when you're a father, you know, a young father, you always have a camera ready, always. And on her arm, she's got this fork and she's looking at it and her eyes, she's just kind of freaking out. She goes, this is science. <laughs> and I have this snapshot of <laughs> And it's, it's like one of my favorite pictures of all time because she was so, I don't know why that was science, but she was convinced that that she was amazed at the science of of a fork <laughs> sitting on her arm. It was, wow. it was amazing. So, wow. uh, so it's funny because you know every time I see that amp, that's all I that's all I can think of is my daughter that's with cool. a fork yeah, on her arm. Fork on her arm. Yeah. 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 Anyways, on this week's Proud Father yeah. podcast, uh, <laughs> yeah, I might start one of those. You never know. So, in in addition to all the the amp heads that you have, I noticed there's also quite a bevy of uh, both guitar and bass cabinetry. Uh, oh yeah, I mean my my personal favorite one was the six by twelve guitar cabinet. Oh, that was for Cody actually, Cody Lane. Oh, was it really? <laughs> really? Yeah, we've made a few, but he had the most recent one. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's pretty cool. He's a man. He is. And, He's a uh, good and you, are you uh, mostly yeah. like Celestian and Eminence loading on, on 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 your cabinetry? I was using Eminence for a long time, but I've I've uh, a few years ago I switched to Celestians, and I pretty much stick to three different uh, ones. There's a newer one called the Redback, and a Vintage Thirty, and a Creamback, which mm-hmm. is like a higher powered greenback yep i pretty much stick to those three i'm just so used to the sound of celestians and i just i did they just sound perfect to me so i don't mess around too much with other speakers it's there's already so many variables i just try to stick to these speakers yeah there you go yeah outstanding well alex thank you so much for sharing all this about your science amps oh yeah my <laughs> pleasure yeah it's uh it's been really great getting to uh get that backstory getting to know you a little bit better and and hopefully everybody else out there has a greater appreciation for uh what you're doing yeah Jared, thanks everyone for listening yeah you bet ladies and gentlemen i'm proud to say that now it's time for our little thing called would you rather? Right. Uh, variant yeah. there. You got the warble. You got the, <laughs> you got the DD6 going yeah, on there. Yeah, the DD6. <laughs> well, whatever you want to think. So, uh, would you rather comes uh, today from James Pegler. Would you rather, as your only gear options for the rest of your life, use the first electric guitar that you've ever owned in the amp of your dreams? Or... Use your first amp and the guitar of your dreams. This is a no-win situation. It isn't a zero-win for, for me. For, for me. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you came from a golf course family. Yeah. It's <laughs> a golf course family? I live on the golf course family, yeah. 
Because, you know, they usually have a few bucks. Yeah. Uh, they start yeah. their kid out with a, a, a USA Les, Les Paul custom. My uh, dad's a podiatrist. <laughs> uh, Marshall JCM 800. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my dad worked at a, at a general fireproofing, which is made, made cabinets and yeah. office equipment. Awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. My dad was a brick salesman. Yeah. Yay. Wow. <laughs> Heavy. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> thanks. I appreciate that, Alex. Uh, okay. So, so this is a, this is a tough one. This is a really, really tough one. Uh, just uh, again, really quick. First guitar and amp of your dreams or first amp and guitar of your dreams. Ugh. this is a great question. Really, really <laughs> great question. Tony Baloney, do it. Wow. <sighs> I mean, you sure I can't use my second amp that I had? I yes, because that's I, not I, what the I, question I would definitely says. go I with. I think that. we pretty much laid out the rules. All right, well, which you try to break every time. I do. I like to bend the rules. That's yeah. That's, that's, that's what I'm here for. Um, I, I, jeez. Um, I think as a practical matter, I'm going to go with the dream guitar and my first amp, and the very first amp that I owned. And I knew nothing about amps at the time, but it, it, there was a company in California called Acoustic. Yeah. And I had an acoustic, um, it's like a 150 or something like that. It was, a, you know, 112 combo, all solid state. And uh, the only reason I bought it is a buddy of mine had a big acoustic bass rig. You know, it had the big scooped uh, or folded horn. Uh, like a 215 cabinet, right. and, and a, it was like acoustic 370 or 270 head, and it was good. So I said, "Well, this this amp has to be pretty good too." And you know, it was adequate, but it was a solid state amp, and it was not. I mean, uh, I, I quickly shifted over to something different. But all that being said, I think I could do more with a good guitar into a. Eh, amplifier than vice versa so that's what i'm going with All dream right. guitar into the acoustic 150 or whatever it was called back then okay uh jared well good old tony baloney i'm gonna agree with you on that one <laughs> only because you know i i thought back and, I, and it took me a while to compute what was really my first amp that i owned because i had borrowed many amps i had my dad's PA I had to use for the very first time uh, that I had an electric guitar, which was a Harmony. It was a half pint, you know, catalog special, and it was it's not adequate. Uh, but the first amp that I owned that was mine was a it was like a PV similar to the PV Classic model, but I think it was the I'm gonna say it was the solid state version and it had the uh really cool um not the flanger but the um phaser the phaser on it yeah the the one that i recently just i bought another one just because it was my first you know and uh, i really love that phaser sound on that pv amp so i'm definitely gonna go with the dream guitar uh which would uh, i have no idea what that would be probably you know Jimmy Page is number one. That's my dream, you know, just nice. to have it. Because uh, I want to see how that neck feels on that guitar because he had it shaved up at Lay's. Um, actually, I think <laughs> Joe did, but 
Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with Dream Guitar. Uh, All right, first amp. Good choice. All right, Alex, yeah. how about yourself? I'm. Uh, this may be obvious, but I think I'm gonna go with first guitar and Dream Amp. Uh, I don't know what my Dream Amp would be. Maybe one that I haven't built yet. Maybe we'll never build. But the uh, the guitar, I can't even remember what it was called. But it was a really cheap like import guitar. I had it when I was like 10 and I can't, I've always tried to remember the name because I would like to get one again. It was really early 90s looking. It was kind of strat stratish kind of thing, but it was all black. I I I I wish I could remember what it was, but um I reckon it was probably a fine okay guitar. I could definitely make it work through a Dream Amp, I think. Okay. All right. Yeah. Todd, what about you? <sighs> well, if one thing uh, that I've learned with through gigging and recording is uh, like you can pick up just about any guitar, but their amp is going to greatly affect what's ha- actually happening. And so I'm going to go with my original, my very first guitar, which was a piece of garbage, but it was a, it was like a, you know, like a, uh, I think there was a, it had to have come from a department store. I got it from a friend. I traded him a skateboard for it. We talked about it before, <laughs> but it was a it was like a Les Paul like clown burst kind of a thing, mm. uh, and I'm pretty sure it had a bolt on neck. Uh, it was flat top. It wasn't you know card. It, it, it was it's garbage. But my amp, my first amp was a PV Special 130, mm. which isn't the worst thing in the world. But it it certainly if I'm going to have anything. I can do more to modify a guitar than I can to make an amp sound better. Well, that was not in in it, yeah. Did you're not li- say you're that not in the instructions. I, I'm saying I just said I can. Who's the I rule didn't say bender I was now? Going to. Todd. I didn't say I was going to. <laughs> I just said I could. All right, so we're two and two. Yeah. So uh, and as far as the amp goes, it's the the problem about doing the show is that. I have no idea. <laughs> There's so I I'm There's ex- lots I'm, of the exposure to all choices. the amps. I think you know, like right out of the gate, the two that are that have me intrigued are uh, the uh, uh, the the Maz 18 uh, from uh, from Doctor Dr. Z, Z, and also that Delisle, uh, uh, his Marshall sort of his take on a Marshall. Hmm. I thought that was pretty intriguing. So, but I mean. You know, I could go down the list of like, oh, are those my dream amps? No, they're not because I haven't played them. Mm. To be perfectly honest, but have you dreamt about them? I no, I don't dream. Of, I don't dream. I can't. I, I would never go to sleep if I dreamt about all this stuff. Uh, <clears throat> but that said, it would have to be some version of a heck of a lot better amp. You know, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's where well, I'm, that's cool. That's what I'm doing, yeah. No, well, I think that was a great question. That is James actually a really Pegler. good. It, may, it makes you think. It makes you think. Yes, I'm thinking. Tony Baloney, yes. let's thank some people. So at this point of the show, yes, there's a special group of people that we like to thank. Yes, there are executive producers, and someone driving down the road right now might be saying, "What's an executive producer? How do I become one? I have to know." So go over to Patreon.com forward slash The Guitar Knobs. You can see. 
many different levels in which you can participate. Each level comes with its own bevy of fine little prizes. And yeah, I just rewards. shipped a whole bunch of them out. Good for you. Yeah, excellent. And uh, you know, there's different levels, but the the, the top level is the executive producer level. And even one step above that are, we have just dubbed them our new grand poobas. Yes, pooba. Poobas. It's a pooba. It's not a pooba. It's a no, pooba. It's an, that's multiple, not an animal. Multiple poobas. Yes, poobas. Poobas. Pooh bear? Pooh bears. Poobas. So uh, go to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Check it all out. Jump on in. Do what you can. Yeah, let's do that. Every right now. little bit helps. Let's jump into thinking. These let's folks. do that. Well, before we do that, in oh, addition to all that more? great stuff, there is Jared. What happens? You get to have your name read on the thing. The oh, executive right. producer level and the new grand poobah level. Yes, get their name read on the thing. Let's do it. So let's start with a tip of the old fez to our grand poobas: Jonathan Jerusik, Corey Nigro, David Kaminga. Cody Lane, who we heard from earlier right. today. Cody Foster. Sean S. And Tommy Manasco. And then what? let's talk to uh, talk about our executive producers. Do it. They may not be grand poobas, but they're still very they're important still grand to, us. to us. How about Tom Barazin, Martin Cliff, John Daly, Chris Carney, Darren Gregory, Doug Christ, Michael Van Zant. Ken Sayers, Brian Robison, Michael Senchuk, Stefan Lamb, Johnny Knowles, Anthony Lanthrop, John Anglin, Tyler Bray, Brad Partridge, Tyg Harmon, Chris Heidel, John Esterly, Tim Nowak, Doug Gann, Justin Jones, Steve Keys, and Brett Alexander. Hey. All right. Thanks, guys. Man, we really oh man. appreciate thank you, it. Thank you. Thank you so very much. Yes. This is truly helping our efforts here to bring you the best show that we possibly can. Truth. Alex, where can people find you again? They can find me on uh, Instagram at Science Amps uh, and Facebook, Science Amplification, and my website, um, scienceamps.com has all the info about all my amps and how to order and sound samples and more videos coming soon stuff like that awesome and and your band name one more time oh yeah dream decay dream decay. shameless plug as they say yeah no, that's cool <laughs> take it hey take, any, take any plug you can plug the heck out of it uh tony baloney yes where can people find you in the, the in the 10 cent version in the 10 cent version yeah go over can to I... pickguardian.com you can see uh some things that i have available for order online shoot me an email if you need something special or you don't see it on there well, i you, do just you, about anything you specialize in special I specialize in special. Yes. Because that's Every my special. Every time I go over there, I'm like, wow, look at this. This is cool. This would look amazing on blank guitar. It's true. There you go. It's a true story. So, yeah, whether it's special material or if you're doing different pickups or if you, you know, whatever, arch top guards, you name it, I do it. Yeah. If you want to see some of the uh, projects that we talk about from time to time, go over to Instagram and pick Guardian and the number one. All right, Jared. Well, if you guys need any pickups, new pickups, that are old looking or whatever. Uh, Brandon Wong pickups.com. 
Uh, just give me an email if you don't see anything on the site that you need. I could probably do it anyway. And yeah. uh, let's say you have an old Ken Arch top that you want a mini humbucker put in. Yeah, he's the I, guy. I do all yeah. sorts of little sneaky things. He underplays like how good they are. Uh, uh, truly outstanding thank pickups. You. Thank you, thank you. All right, you can uh, shoot me a message, Todd at theguitarnobs.com, or you can shoot me a DM on Instagram at guitarnobs. We'd love to hear from you. Share your stories. Share what you think about the show. Share how the show might be affecting you. Uh, good or bad, I suppose. Um, <laughs> My and, wife left me. I've been listening yeah, to the podcast oh, nonstop. Uh, and if you got a would you rather, send it to us for Pete's sake. A would you we rather or a four on the floor. Yeah. We like hearing all that stuff. Yep. All right. Great, ginormous, big thanks to our new friend, Alex Gaziano. Oh, thank you. You are more than welcome. Everybody, make sure you go check out Science Amps. And uh, see what uh, what more you can learn about this and, and uh, get your hands on one. Everybody have a fantastic guitar week and subscribe! Yeah. Are you an air sign as well? I don't know. I'm a Gemini. <laughs> He's full of gas. So. No, I'm not. <laughs> Tony Bonoli. I am the interrupter. Uh, we've had quite a free refresh. Quite a free there refresh. Perfect. That was he had my hand on the knob there. Yeah. Okay. Oh, easy. <laughs> easy now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Visit our website at theguitarnobs.com for all of our past episodes, four on the floor blog, and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram, at Guitar Knobs. Catch you next time.